All right, welcome back to another episode of the Cody Tucker Show. As always, I'm your host, Cody Tucker. Be sure to like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, share uh, with a friend, maybe someone who's got a lot of free time and you know, nothing better to do than to listen to the, you know, ranting, ravings of a, uh, well... I would say, you know, a decently unstable brain. So without further ado, I guess we should (laughs) start from there. Uh, So before we kick into things, uh, as always, just kind of a little update on uh, on what's going on in the old world of uh, big, uh, big CT. So not a lot. I mean, actually, I have noticed that most of the things that I've talked about whenever I do start things off has to do with fast food and my, uh, well, experiences with uh, the food industry as a whole. And um, I might as well keep the tradition running. <laughs> so, went to Subway three days ago. Yeah, three days ago. Subway, usually pretty damn good. Uh, always, I would say fair, like you don't have, I mean, it's usually not a very like hit or miss place. Like some places are, <laughs> but go to this subway. I haven't gotten a uh, meatball sub in a long time. Now that may be surprising <laughs> to most people because I look like the exact demographic for the foot long meatball sub and I mean, you'd kind of be right because that is one of my favorite subs from Subway. Go order meatball sub. Immediately notice that there's an old lady working here who is training the two fellas. I would say probably early 20s. Um, she's got to be damn near 80. And she's training these two young young men. And it doesn't look like she's uh, <laughs> doing a great job. <clears throat> so first off, just order a meatball sub and they immediately fuck it up. I mean, within minutes of like it getting prepared, I'm looking at it, I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> this isn't good. And so I'm like, all right, don't be an asshole. These people are like training. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. And this old lady isn't fucking doing anything uh, to help them out. So, you know, be kind of polite. We finally get to where the motherfucker's putting on like, you know, the vegetables, which, so meatball sub ordered in case anyone is even remotely interested in this, uh, always add spinach, onion, jalapenos, and a shit ton of ranch. Sounds disgusting. I think to probably to most people, but it is fucking amazing. And it will give you, I mean, the girth on the, (laughs) the girth on the turds, that come out after a foot-long meatball sub loaded with ranch and jalapenos. I mean, it is... Like, I don't know what colon cancer, like, what it feels like necessarily, but I imagine it's pretty similar to the feeling you get about an hour and 15 minutes after eating one of these damn things. And it doesn't help that I also eat it in, like, probably less than three minutes. But anyways, uh, I digress. Uh, This motherfucker goes to fold the goddamn sub and cut it 
And instead of like flipping bread over, like having uh, bread, shit, bread, and, you know, <laughs> cutting through like that, where it's at least somewhat stable, this son of a bitch turns it up, uh, you know, ass end up, and starts slicing through the middle. And it is just like, I mean, it looks like, <laughs> it looks like it got ran over by a car. It kind of looks like a, it looks like a miscarriage if I'm being quite frank, uh, <laughs> like a two and a half trimester in miscarriage put into a loaf of Italian urban cheese. And I like look at it and look at him and he's looking up at me. Like, <laughs> he's fucking terrified. Doesn't know what's going on. I'm just looking down, looking up, looking down, looking up. And I just go like, I'm good, man, and walk out. And I have never felt better in my life because normally – I am really uh, pretty much a grade A bitch when it comes to any kind of like confrontation. And I'm trying to make myself be more confrontational, which <laughs> I don't think is necessarily a great uh, <laughs> goal to have. But it has become a goal of mine is to not let people walk all over me. Now, <laughs> I mean, boy, for... <laughs> For me to act like the people at Subway are why anyways. Um, <laughs> but that has been my goal in life is to, or recently at least, is to, like if I don't want something, if I don't want to do something, not doing it. Not taking it, not paying for it. Fuck you. I'm out. That has been my MO, my modus operandi uh, recently. And to just see this fucking monstrosity of a meatball sub just laying there, falling off. I mean, it looked like like Pizza the Hut in Spaceballs. Like, like it looked like it was falling off of his fat ass. And it, I mean, and to just walk out and be like, "This, this is y'all's fucking problem now." Felt amazing. Now, definitely heard some shit talking. <laughs> Whenever I left, or as I was leaving, I was like, oh, damn. And then the bitch in me kind of came back out. And instead of, like, going back to confront the shit talking, I just, like, walked out real fast. And <laughs> well, whatever. I felt amazing for it. And I suggest everyone else do it. You go to a restaurant, fast food, whatever. I mean, Subway's the perfect example because you can actually see how fucked up your things are before you actually get them. I mean, you know. I, mean, I guess it's probably a little harder to do at McDonald's, which actually, crazy as this sounds, went to McDonald's yesterday. I know I'm eating way too much fast food. Went to McDonald's yesterday. My go-to order, two McDoubles, no pickles or onion, add Big Mac sauce, large fries. It's a, <laughs> probably too much. But normally, because they're adding this goddamn Big Mac sauce on there, when you open it up, it looks like... I mean, my God. I mean, it looks like they literally just took the fucking Mac sauce and just sprayed the paper with it. <laughs> it is horrible looking. And, you know, I'd usually just, I'm like, oh, fuck it. Like, basically, I become a crackhead, and I'm just, like, shoveling this shit in. And I end up with Mac sauce all over my face. Uh, this time, fucking perfect. Like everything looked, it looked like the goddamn pictures, which has never happened to me at a fast food place. I've never been to 
any fast food establishment and had my meal look like the picture. Sure enough, this time it fucking happened. And boy, was I, I mean, anyways, this is really a bit of a diversion that I shouldn't have taken. So anyways, um, back to Subway. Or just the whole, uh, the point of any of this is if you don't like the way something is turning out, don't do it. <laughs> that could be fast food, marriage, uh, life, <laughs> life maybe. I mean, don't, you know, I mean, I know it's a bit of the uh, absurdism, uh, you know, thought, but, you know, if you don't like the way shit's going, stop doing it. Don't pay for shit. Don't do shit. Don't work on shit. Stop doing it. Quit. Quitting is awesome. Now, I mean, I know walking on subway is in a way quitting. Um, I mean, I didn't have to spend fucking $12. I mean, how in the hell is subway that expensive now? It is. I mean, I know we're in a, you know, with the changing of uh, presidencies, <laughs> inflation rises, whatever. Subway should not be more than, like, the $5 footlong thing is long gone. <laughs> like, there's no $5, like, six inch. Like, I was looking at, and, like, the cheapest footlong looked to be about $8. Like, how in the fuck is it? This makes no sense. And I'll say this, and uh, this might be where I stop it because, well, this probably isn't, like, the greatest thing to say. Subway was way better when uh, Jared Fogle was representing him. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, the fucker did, was not, he was up to no good. But Subway was leaps and bounds better during the reign of a uh, fucking Pope Jared the Fogle. <laughs> God, I, I mean, and okay, and also. By the way, I know a lot, I mean, if anyone is actually listening to this, which there's no way, I mean, I'm sure that whatever amount of people started listening, that number has dropped by 95% in 10 minutes, which is understandable. For anybody who is still listening to this and is like, oh, you're a piece of shit. Uh, you don't know what it's like to work at fucking fast food. Like it's a blah, 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 blah. Hey, asshole. Uh, Guess what my first job was? Goddamn Subway. So, <laughs> so kiss my ass. I know how easy that job is. It is maybe to this day the easiest job I've ever had. It's way easier than this shit. And I'm just sitting here talking about nothing. Uh, way easier than this. Subway was the easy. I literally, like, I don't remember working. <laughs> like, I might have in the, you know, I mean, granted, pretty brief time working there. I made a, I might have made like six sandwiches in the entire time I was there. I spent the majority of my shift sitting in the walk-in refrigerator in the dark listening to music. <laughs> and like, you know, begging people for cigarettes. And then whenever I'd get one, go out there and take like a 30-minute cigarette break. I was the worst employee of all time, uh, which would explain why. I do not work there anymore. But anyways, easy job. It is. <laughs> I mean, it's the easiest job on earth. And so there's no excuse to be that bad at it. 
There just isn't. And if you're going to keep making the prices go up on shit, you should start expecting people to not, uh, you know, this aggression will not stand. You should expect people to not want to pay for shit. I am, that's going to become my new thing. And I know maybe it's the fucking Karen mentality, which is fine. I don't see that as an insult. Um, I mean, I think being a Karen, uh, yeah, you just know what you want. And you don't put up a bullshit. Now, if, you know, your neighbors are being kind of loud, don't fucking call the cops on them. That's that kind of behavior. Bunch of bullshit. Anything that isn't directly affecting you, mind your own goddamn business. But if I go to a place, customer service isn't good, food isn't good, whatever. Yeah, fucking I'm complaining from now on. <laughs> as soon as I take a bite and it is not worth the whatever amount of money. Like, I'm just going to go off the amount of money. So, like, McDonald's, very cheap. Food isn't going to be that great. But actually, McDonald's pretty goddamn good. Uh, the more expensive it is, the better it should be. So if I go to a place, say I go to Outback, a nice, high-quality restaurant, <laughs> and I order a steak. If that steak isn't cooked well enough, I'm going to like compare it to the price of said steak. If, you know, if you're picturing this as like a bar graph... Not a bar graph, like a line graph. You have quality and then cost. If those numbers intersect and the cost goes above the quality, if the qu cost line goes above quality line, uh uh, complaint manager, <laughs> full Karen mode. I don't care. I'm complaining and I'm not paying for this. Um, or I'll pay half. I'll pay, I'll tell you what, I will go to a restaurant order the food, and then I will pay you what I think it's worth. <laughs> if it is worth the cost that you were charging, hey, I'm paying. And I also, I mean, not to sound like a complete asshole, I do tip, like, I would say pretty well. Um, I mean, granted, I don't think tipping should be a thing. Uh, <laughs> um, you definitely should just be paying fucking waiters way more and not have tipping be like a tipping should be something that is like an extra like a real extra like where if somebody's like really good you're like oh shit dude like here you deserve like 20 bucks and it should not be shared with everybody else boy i mean i've never worked in a restaurant before i mean unless you count subway as a restaurant <laughs> which it's basically a fucking you know elementary school cafeteria but if I ever, I've never, so I've never worked in a restaurant, never had to do the tip sharing bullshit. That would drive me nuts. There is no way. Cause I would be looking at every single person being like, you don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. Like I would, there's no way I'm not sharing. My, this isn't fucking red China. Jesus Christ. There's no, no chance. Like we're in fucking, uh, you know, Khrushchev's. Moscow. I, there's no way I'm sharing everything. Like, we get paid equally. Fuck you. I did more than you. So, no. We don't get paid equally. Restaurants should be, everybody gets paid like a, you know, whatever decent wage. And you'd get tipped if you go above and beyond. Otherwise, like, yeah, I mean, if you don't want to go above and beyond, if you just want to do bare minimum, that's fine. You're going to get, like, you know, still an okay wage. And the people who go aren't, like, expected to tip. Make the menu items, make the prices a little bit higher to, uh, 
you know, balance it out. That's fine. Because you're not going to tip every time. You're only going to tip if your waiter's like really fucking good or waitress. So, I mean, I guess there's my economics rant for the day. But uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm on the right side of this. I feel like this is definitely how things should be. And I know I am a real dumb bastard when it comes to most things. But I do feel like I'm right about this. I, uh, I, am a, I have never felt more right about something in my life than this, you know, way of thinking that I have kind of, uh, you know, accumulated over the recent years. Like, I'm just not paying for shit anymore. I'm not putting up with shit. If someone kind of gets annoying, fuck you. Not never talking to you again. Fuck off. Anyone, family, friends, doesn't matter. If like I'm just not dealing with it. I'm not paying for Subway. If you basically cut my goddamn sub, I mean it looked like he cut that damn thing with a hammer. <laughs> like he may as well. He may as well have used a sledgehammer to cut that fucking sub in half. I mean, oh my god. Like he, he could have went, he could have turned it into a goddamn Gallagher show, put me on a little plastic poncho and just smash that shit. And it still would have looked better than what this idiot was doing. Yeah. You think I'm paying fucking $10 for that? You are out of your mind. And ah, boy, I mean, with the price increase of cigarettes over the years, like I can't afford to be doing that. Hell no. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think I'm right about this. If you agree, leave a comment. <laughs> if you disagree, fuck off. That'll be uh I mean, there's no way anyone's hearing this. I am talking into nothing right now. Which is fine. I mean that has been the you know that's basically been what's been going on for the past uh well, I don't know, two years, so fuck it. Maybe this is just for my own mental health. So I wonder if there's anything else I'd like to get off my chest. Hmm. Nah, probably not. Uh, but I think there are some questions. So I guess I could go through some of those. Um, let's see. Hold on. Let me get that fucking goddamn. Here we go. I think there's a couple that got sent in. Yeah, there are. Okay. There we go. Um, boy. I apologize to anyone who is listening to this. Actually, no, I don't. You don't have to listen to this. There's a million other podcasts. So if you are listening to this, for some reason you find this interesting, uh, thank you. And the ones who stopped listening to it, fuck you. But also, you're not listening, so you would never know that uh, you won't know any of this is happening. All right, so first question. <laughs> I was sitting in, uh, let's see. Fuck, my eyes are bad. Jesus Christ. All right. Which movie character would be a complete asshole if he was a real person? Ooh, boy. That is a good one. Okay, go to Ferris Bueller. A hunt, I mean, I, I feel like I've said the, talked about this a few times. Ferris Bueller is the worst movie character of all time. If he was a real person. As a movie character, amazing. Like, you want to be Ferris Bueller. If I... I so, 100%, I'm Cameron. 
I'm sick, laying in bed, don't bother me. I damn sure don't want to go to a parade, a Cubs game, and, you know, get chased by my principal, who ended up being a bit of a pedo. Um, Like, I don't want to be involved in any of this. And, and, you end up being basically the reason why I went on this rant about my father and sent his Ferrari straight out the back, which... Why would you have a garage that's like two stories tall? Because if you are driving that car and the back of the garage is just glass. So you already have a garage that's like looks to be about 25 feet off the ground. The wall is gas. If you are pulling that Ferrari in and accidentally kind of slip on the gas a little bit, you are launching yourself (laughs) one through thousands of pieces of razor sharp glass if that doesn't kill you, the collision of you going 25 feet down into just like woods is also going to do it like a horrible design. And so maybe not necessarily Cameron talk Cameron's dad, complete asshole. But that being said, Ferris Bueller is, so there are certain people who just always have to be doing something. They can't just hang out and relax. Like, no, we have to go here. We should go here. We should go do this. We should go do this. Fuck those people. Uh, I, (laughs) as surprising as this may sound, am not one of those people. I am a, let's just hang out, you know, shoot the shit. I mean, when I was drinking, have a few drinks and, you know, but now, you know, chug a couple Diet Dr. Peppers and just rip through a pack of Marlboro's. Like, that is my ideal Friday night. But, there, yeah, there are some people that are like, oh, I want to go to this bar, and then this bar, and then this bar, and then go out to eat here. And like, no, I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> I don't want to be out in public. I don't, like, I don't need to be, like, seen in public. For what? I don't like any of these fucking people anyways. And I'm sure they don't, they probably feel the same way about me. Fair enough. But yeah, like I'm not a let's go do something type person. Just is, it is what it is. Now, Ferris Bueller is a let's go do something. And he basically gets Cameron murdered. I mean, there is a 0% chance that either Cameron, one of two things happen. Either Cameron is killed by his father and his father goes to prison. Or Cameron in just a, because in the end of Ferris Bueller, Cameron's like, okay with it. Like he's obviously freaking out, but then he's like kind of okay with it. And he's like, yeah, you know what? Fuck him. Like I'll say it was me, blah, blah, blah. Cause Ferris was, go- yeah, that's right. Cause Ferris is going to take the rap for it. He ends up not doing it. Cameron's like, no, I'll do it. I'll handle this. I need to get shit off my chest. But the time, once Cameron has had a moment to sit and think about it, there ain't no way. He won is either blaming Ferris. Andrew's like, Ferris did it. <laughs> Kill him. Or Cameron gets so overworked about like what's going to happen that he just puts the barrel of a gun right under his chin and ends it. <laughs> That's what happens to Cameron. I, granted, not necessarily like a suicidal person, uh, uh, much to the dismay of some people um <laughs> that's that's me 
I'm a hundred percent overthinking everything. I am an overthinker, a Cameron. I overthink everything immediately go to worst case scenario. Can't handle confrontation as I talked about working on it, but still now when I was a, especially like te- kid up until like teenage years, if I knew I was going to get in trouble over something, the amount of just like petrifying fear that would just wash over me. I mean, it was a damn nearly crippling, just a terrified bitch. Uh, and then I remember hearing a story. Holy fuck. This is going to take a real dark turn. Oh, well, um, so I remember I got into a little bit of trouble when I was like 16, 17. I had to do this little like teen court thing. It's the biggest load of bullshit I've ever been a part of. Uh, but basically you have to like, you know, you've committed a crime. You have to go up to like a panel of other teenagers who would decide how much community service or worse uh, that you end up having. Which is, <laughs> how that is allowed, is insane. I mean, I guess a jury of one's own peers, that's, well, that nails it on the head. But still, a bunch of fucking 16-year-olds should not be in charge of, you know, anyone's fate. So regardless, I had to sit in there and you have to take these fucking things. Or cops, like this cop has to like come in all the time and like talk to you, basically scare you straight. And I remember he told this story and it still like fucks my head up when I think about it. Cause I do think about it like every once in a while. So, and it kind of like changed my perception on like just not being worried about getting in trouble, which actually might've been a kind of worse. Cause then I just started and I just started <laughs> going kind of off the rails. I was like, eh, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> but the story, holy shit. Um, so I'm going to apologize in advance cause this is not a pleasant story, but so this officer, told us, and this is a group of like eight or nine 16 year olds, 16, 17 year olds told us this story that he got called out to a scene one day. And what had happened was there was a little boy about 10 years old who got in trouble at school for something very small, but had a just terrifying fear of getting in trouble. And knows the whole day that the teacher has called his parents. Parents have been stewing over it. And just the fear and anxiety is built up all day, all day, all day. He's on the bus ride home. Gets off the bus. Immediately walks over towards the back of the bus. Lays down with his head in front of the back set of tires. So that when the bus left, it would, yeah, and it did. So this officer is called out and sees basically a normal neck down and then neck up. Basically what my meatball sub turned into. (laughs) Throw, uh, yeah, throwback. That's not what it's called. Full circle. We'll just say full circle. Oh, boy. Um, But anyways, so that's what happened. This little kid was so terrified that he was going to get in trouble with his parents, which he probably was, but it wouldn't have been anything that crazy. Um, He had just been so afraid of getting in trouble and having to, like, 
confront his parents about what had happened in school, which again was something the cop found out was something super small. Like it was like, you know, talking when the teacher saw, you know, something very, very small that he fucking got his head crushed by a school bus. And I think about that shit. I would say at least once a week that that image kind of like, you know, that whole kind of like scenario image goes around in my head for, you know, a couple minutes and it's probably going to do the same for you. So you're welcome. (laughs) But the whole moral of the story from the officer was like, if you get in trouble, don't be afraid of like, don't be too afraid of the consequences. Like, handle your punishment. Hopefully the punishment will be, you know, similar to the crime. Uh, But hand, you know, handle it. Don't be afraid. Like, don't be afraid of getting in trouble that you end up doing something that drastic. And that kind of stuck with me. And pretty much from then on, I just started (laughs) doing whatever I wanted. (laughs) I was like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not afraid to, you know, get in trouble anymore. Just not. <laughs> so I think his his story might have actually backfired for me, but you know. So maybe that'll help out somebody if they're listening. I don't know. Probably not, but yeah. Alright, let's do the next question. Oh, okay. This would be a good one. Would you cannibalize someone to survive on a stranded island? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what little would have to happen to me for me to cannibalize someone. So one, I would not have to be on a stranded island. If I ever ended up on a stranded island, actually, I wonder what the like acceptable time frame is before like hunting each other down and eating them becomes like, when does that become acceptable? Because for me, I am a hundred percent sure it is way shorter <laughs> of a time frame <laughs> than most people. Like I am doing it in, I would say thirty minutes. I'd say we have thirty minutes to figure out if there's somebody else on this island who like is just vacationing or something. With thir- the time it takes to circumvent uh, the island. And find out if there's any kind of boat or anything. However long that takes. Once we come back around and realize like. Nah. This is just a deserted island. It's on. <laughs> I mean I am. Uh uh-uh, uh. I ain't waiting. I'm not sitting around. One coconuts are just. If, if you've ever eaten a raw coconut. It is not what you think it is. It is so goddamn disgusting. Um. Like the taste, the ugh, horrible. So, yeah, I'm. I ain't living off of that. No, I'm hunting you down and eating you. An hour tops. Yeah, hour tops for me to do my little section of the island. You do yours. You do yours. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, what I cannibalize someone to survive? Yeah. I mean, like. Like whenever I, like I was reading actually not too long ago about the Donner Party, which I might do a video on that because like a, I, mean, I guess that is exactly what I'm doing right now. Um, but basically, the Donner Party, you know, bunch of settlers, not settlers necessarily, 
guess you'd say like pioneers in a way. It's a group of people who were trying to go west. And I believe try to make it to California. And I think somewhere in either Utah or Colorado, I'm pretty sure Colorado, they were told by their guide that there was a shortcut. Which, no such thing. If shortcuts were shortcuts, like if shortcuts weren't, that would just be how everybody goes. Uh, so when someone says there's a shortcut, no, there isn't. Um, but regardless, these fucking idiots believed them. And of course, they ended up trapped on like a snowy mountain in like, goddamn, eight feet of snow, I think. And of course, eventually ate each other. Now, them eating each other is not the surprising part to me. The surprising part is that it took them like weeks before they started eating each other. <laughs> like when I was reading this, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like as I saw the date when they were talking about like when the first person was killed and et. And I was like, hold on a second. When did they fucking get trapped? And look, it was like over a week. Like <laughs> there's no way. Like as soon as we end up in a as soon as we end up in eight feet of snow and I'm like, oh, I don't think we're getting down here anytime soon. I'm fucking rear naked choke putting you out and it's stew time. There's no way out of your mind. Anyways. So to answer in short, yeah, I'll eat somebody. Huh. All right. And is there anything else I was going to talk about? I don't think I'm going to do any news this week. I've already kind of rambled on and on uh, quite a bit. There really wasn't that much to talk about. (coughs) Actually, um, so, uh, I did watch, so, I believe, is it called The Challenge? Squid Games The Challenge? Huh, hold on, let me look. I don't want to get the fucking name wrong. Anyways, I watched the Squid Game. So Okay, so I've never seen Squid Game before. The uh, actual show. Never seen it. It didn't... Uh, I mean... Oh, God. Jesus. Yes. Alright, so it is called Squid Game Challenge. So, I've never seen Squid Game. It just did not seem um, that interesting to me. Although the... Pl- I mean... It should be. It's like the exact type of shit I like watching. But anyways, I will watch it. But Squid Game Challenge started. And so I was like, all right, I got to watch this. Because the last episode was about to come on, which it, as of the recording of this, is done. So a little bit of a recap on this show. So I I watched the whole thing, didn't read any reviews, had heard some of the stories of the uh, <laughs> you know, people who were like, I guess about to sue Netflix for like emotional and physical stress, which immediately in my head, I was like, damn, this is going to be, this must be like insane. Like they must be doing like crazy stuff on this show. And then I watched it and kept watching it and kept watching it thinking like, okay, when is that going to happen? And let me tell you this. So then I'll end up looking at the reviews and they're horrible. And I was like, man, I thought people fucking love this thing. Let me tell you this. It is, I I can confidently say, the worst show I have ever seen in my life. Without a doubt. And I might even, I think I'm putting that above Friends. Which used to be 
you know, by far number one. This show, I have never wasted. Like, I've never felt like more of my life was wasted than watching this bullshit. So, for one, there's 456 people competing in this. How is it possible to get a room of 456 people and not have a single likable person (laughs) in the entire group? None of them. I wanted none of them to win. Like, the whole time I'm like, okay, eventually there's going to be somebody on here who is likable. No, not at all. Not a single person. You have one dude who's just this egotistical prick who, like, kind of played college football. Cool. Um, One dude and his mom who had a very weird relationship. One guy who was, like, I mean, spewing autism and almost throwing up every time something stressful happened. I was like, why are you on here? Now, Nothing happened on this show. Nothing. It it wasn't exciting. It wasn't entertaining. I mean, I was like waiting for the moment of when does something crazy happen that would lead multiple people to say, oh, we're, we need to sue Netflix for stress. Let me tell you something. Either they must have just picked the weakest minded 456 people they could find. That is that has to be what it was. Cuz you're also competing. You're competing for almost 5 million 4 and a half million dollars. Now, as a lifelong watcher of Survivor, which greatest television show ever made. Never missed an episode, been watching it since day 1. They're only competing for a million dollars, and it is way harder. There is not a single thing that they had to do on this fucking Squid Games thing that even comes close to what they're doing on Survivor. They are on a stranded island and not cannibalizing each other, which is, (laughs) to me, already impossible. But they're getting, like, damn near, like, trench foot, malaria. I mean, a few might have gotten AIDS. I don't know. Uh... All kinds of stuff. Getting just the shit beat out of them. Starving. Like, really starving. And having to, like, constantly manipulate people. So you want to talk about emotional, physical, uh, mental stress. That's what that is. They're not getting... Nobody's going on the show and being like, Oh, I can't believe I had to go through these conditions. Like in Squid Games, people were pissed off because it was a little cold during one of the challenges. (laughs) You, how is that possible? I mean, and then you watch the people on the show and you're like, okay, it makes sense. Every single person on this show is just a complete bitch. Everybody, every single one of them. They're crying every single time somebody's leaving. I'm like, do you know how I would be acting if I was on that show? Every time somebody was out, I would be losing my mind cheering like, yes, (laughs) one less person I have to deal with. Survivor, they're not doing that. They're like, like they're not. I mean, sometimes they are because, like, you know, they actually build it like a... I mean, one, they're on the show, I think, way longer on Survivor. I don't know how long they were on Squid Games for, but it couldn't have been more than like, two weeks. And, like, I mean, it is just the most weak-minded people I've ever seen put into a room together. And there's almost 500 of them. I, I mean, if you haven't watched it, just go ahead and watch it just to see how frustrating this show is it is i mean 
I've never been more angry in my life watching a show than watching this. Could not find a single person that I was like actually rooting for. And actually, there was somebody on the show who was on Survivor. They were the only person who wasn't like <laughs> crying every time that something happened. Well, there you go. Um, like every time they're like, they're acting like, like these people are actually dying, which already, God, the whole thing of like having the little squib packs in their chest that burst and then they have to like pretend like they're dead was already just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But they're like, the other people are acting like they actually just got shot in the goddamn head. <laughs> it's like this, I mean, ugh. Everyone on that show. Like, I don't get... Are people just like that now? Like, are people just... And I know I'm, like, a decently weak-minded person, too. But I'm also not trying to go on a reality TV competition show. Only one I would ever go on is Jeopardy. And I think I would do, like, decently well just because I know a bunch of random bullshit. But, like, you know, you're up there for, what, 30 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, I'll, I can handle that. Like, I'm not going on something. One, I'm not sleeping with a bunch of strangers. Ain't happening. <laughs> I mean, no. And if you're rationing my portions already, big issue. I just don't get it. I don't get how this show is such a phenomenon. Maybe I need to watch the regular one and just see. Because... If it is anything like this damn, the real version, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, literally no one on the show is likable. No one. If you think, if there was somebody on that show that you were rooting for to win, now that it's all said and done and over, tell me. Because I'm curious to see like who you think. The only person, kind of, there's like uh, an older Vietnamese lady I'm not going to spoil like where she ends up on the thing or whatever, just in case. But she's the only one who's like a smidge likable. Everybody else, hell no. Like, I don't get it. I don't get how you could have that many people in a room and not find a single person who doesn't just make your fucking skin crawl. I don't know. Such is life, I guess. All right. Well, with that being said, I guess we'll go ahead and move on to a little bit of the old uh, education section. <laughs> so we'll uh, do a little bit of the old where that come from and move on from there. Uh, hopefully, you know, that'll be more entertaining than the last, Jesus, 45 minutes. <laughs> okay. All right, so time for a little bit of the old uh, where that come from. Take a you know, word or phrase that you use damn near every day. May not know exactly where it comes from. Now you will. <clears throat> so for this one, we're going back to the 1500s in Southeast Asia. At this time, there were a group of warriors who basically were like Asian Vikings in the sense that like dying in battle was number one priority like to die in battle is the most glorious thing you could do similar to the vikings similar to this group um this group would also take an insane amount of drugs before going into battle and just 
<laughs> completely fucked people up. Like, brutal, like, savagery. And these, this group of warriors ended up becoming super feared. Like, all around, all across Southeast Asia, people terrified of this group of warriors. Um, so, this group were called the Amuko. And they, again, just fearless warriors. Their, like, ultimate goal is to die in battle. So they have nothing to lose. And they're going in fucking balls out, <laughs> just destroying people. And, yeah, again, feared all across Southeast Asia. Well, that fear and the kind of legend of this group, the Yamuko, ends up making its way to Europe. And these stories of the Yamuko and their, you know, wild shit ends up becoming kind of like popular in Europe. Like people are kind of fascinated by this group of people because they're like, holy shit, who are these guys? Well, as it gets, as it makes its way into Europe, it kind of gets Europeanized. That's, that can't be a word. Europeanized. Eh, urinized, urinized. It eventually gets urinized uh, <laughs> into a mucko. So it goes from a muko to a mucko. That ends up becoming a muck. So from then on, anytime somebody is going crazy or to kind of go crazy on someone, became running a muck. So yeah, that's where it comes from. A wild ass group of. Southeast Asian warriors from the 1500s. So, there's that. Time to move on to a little bit of the old half-assed. Alright, so, time for a little half-assed history. Got, yeah, three pretty uh, interesting ones lined up for you. So, first one involves legendary singer-songwriter Harry Nilsson. So, if you don't know, so Harry Nilsson... Legendary singer-songwriter from the 60s and 70s. Uh, had quite a few hits. Wrote some uh, music for Midnight Cowboy. Harry Nilsson, legend. Well, Harry Nilsson at one point owned a flat in London. Uh, this flat, little apartment building in London. Um, this flat that was owned by Harry Nilsson. A lot of the times he would just let people stay over who were in London, needed a place to crash, and he'd say, yeah, fuck it, you can stay over at the uh, at the flat. So one time in uh, 1974, in July of 1974, Mama Cass from Mamas and the Papas was in London doing a, a two-week kind of residency at the uh, Palladium in London. Well, during this uh, two-week span, she, obviously not from London, uh, kind of needs a place to crash. At the end of that two-week residency, she asked Harry Nelson, hey, can I, you know, stay a couple nights in your flat? Harry Nelson said, yeah, sure, why not? Well, on July 29th, 1974, Mama Cass went to sleep in Harry Nelson's flat, never woke up. Yeah, she died from a massive heart attack that night at age 32. Remember that age, age 32. So, Mama Cass dies super young from a heart attack in Harry Nilsson's flat. Harry Nilsson is kind of 
creeped out by this, obviously, and is very hesitant to ever let people stay over there anymore. Well, four years later, The Who, back in London, and uh, the drummer, one of the greatest drummers of all time, Keith Moon, calls up Harry Nilsson. It's like, hey, uh, back in London, need a place to crash? It's okay if I crash in your flat. Harry Nilsson does not want him staying there. One, he already believes this flat is cursed. Two, Keith Moon, at this point, has a pretty public uh, substance abuse problem. So Harry Nilsson's already like, uh, I don't think so. The guitarist, Pete Townsend, basically convinces Harry Nilsson by saying, and I quote, lightning does not strike in the same place twice. Yeah, that is a quote from Pete Townsend. Lightning does not strike in the same place twice. Well, on September 7th, 1978, Keith Moon, staying at that flat, died from a massive overdose in the exact same bed that Mama Cass also died in. Keith Moon was also 32 years old. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. So yeah, there's the story of Harry Nilsson's haunted uh, apartment. Oh boy. That is, yeah, wild. Now granted, Mama Cass didn't, the rumors that Mama Cass choked on a ham sandwich. She did it. Uh, just had a massive heart attack. Was, you know, very overweight. Sure did a lot of drugs. Keith Moon was uh, trying to get rid of his alcoholism. And at the time, there was these pills that were prescribed to people to get over alcoholism that basically made you feel drunk. And, like, they would make you apparently, like, super sick. If you drank while taking them, well, Keith Moon ended up taking about a handful of them, and yeah, that's what happened to him. So, in case anybody's thinking that like there actually is a curse in Harry Nelson's flat, it isn't. Both people, you know, it was kind of likely that they were going out pretty young. So, all right, so there's the story of Harry Nelson's flat. Time to move on to the next. All right, so next one. This is, without a doubt, the craziest coincidence I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I mean, this one is fucking bananas. <clears throat> so, it involves arguably one of the greatest feats of engineering in U.S. history. And it is the iconic Hoover Dam. So, Hoover Dam, massive. If you've never been... At some point, try to go, and when you see it in person, you're like, oh my god. Hoover Dam, this monumental uh, feat of engineering. It actually, it took 20,000 people to construct the Hoover Dam. Uh, there was enough concrete poured into the Hoover Dam that you could have actually made a highway from San Francisco to New York City. Yeah, Hoover Dam, massive. 20,000 people in total, worked on the construction of the Hoover Dam. Now, construction of the dam started in 1931. Uh, the first person... So, a little backup. So, 20,000 people in total worked on the construction of the Hoover Dam from start to finish. Uh, as you might expect, construction sites back then, not necessarily the safest places, 
Quite a few people died building the, uh, quite a few people died building the Hoover Dam. Now the first person to die from the first person to actually die during the construction of the Hoover Dam actually was nine years earlier. A fellow by the name of J.G. Tierney in 1922 was surveying the area of where they were going to construct the Hoover Dam and ended up drowning in the waters uh, where they were going to start the construction site. So J.G. Tierney is out surveying the uh, waters near where they're going to start the construction. He ends up drowning dead. So that's technically the first person to die, uh, you know, during the construction of the Hoover Dam. Now, Hoover Dam starts the actual construction, 1931, goes on, uh, 14 Construction lasts 14 years. Over that 14 years, 94 more people die. Well, 14 years to the date of J.G. Tierney's death, there is a fella working on the Hoover Dam, falls from an electrical tower, dies. He becomes the 96th and final person to die building the Hoover Dam. That guy was Patrick Tierney, the son of of J.G. Tierney, the first person to die. <laughs> oh my God. Crazy. Like, that is absolutely insane. Yeah. Also, little fun fact, the average pay, 86 cents per day to work on that damn thing. And also, if you haven't been, uh, it's in the desert. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably not the easiest of working conditions, too. So, boy. Yeah, that's so there's that one. <laughs> and we'll do one more and wrap it up for the, uh, for the week. All right. So the last one, this is going to be the story of, I would say, one of the biggest debacles in Hollywood history. So... At least, you know, the film industry part of Hollywood. So, for this story, we're going back to 1928. Hollywood, 1928. Still pretty early into the film industry. A lot of pretty lax uh, <laughs> safety precautions. Not a lot of restrictions going on. Well, there is a director by the name of Michael Curtis, who later would become very famous as the director of Casablanca. But before he made Casablanca, uh, old Michael, Michael Curtis, wanted to make a movie about Noah's Ark. Now, in 1928, not a lot of special effects going on. Definitely no CGI. So, how do you make the flood scene? Well, the only, <laughs> the only uh, answer that he had was, well, we'll just make an actual flood Film it and hope for the best. Uh, now, as you might expect, it did not go very well. So, the cinematographer was a uh, the cinematographer was a fellow by the name of Hal Moore. Hal Moore very much against this idea. He's like, ah, there ain't no way we're doing this. Like, this is super dangerous. He is, yeah, completely against the idea. Not interested in being part of this disaster. The reason he's not interested in it is because about 22 years earlier, he survived 
the 1906 San Francisco earthquake, one of the largest natural disasters in American history. So, yeah, he's not interested in being part of another disaster. Uh, so he just walks off the set and is like, uh-uh, I'm done, not involved in this. Uh, you know, good luck with the uh, lawsuits. Michael Curtis is like, all right, screw it. Like, uh, we're still doing this. So he ends up having 15,000 tons of freezing cold water dumped onto this movie set, uh, right onto the extras, the animals, everybody that's supposed to be part of this flood scene, films it and is like, here we go. This is, <laughs> this is our flood scene. Well, yeah, uh, old Hal Moore was right. It ends up being a complete disaster. So, for one, 15,000 tons of freezing cold water being dumped onto one uh, location. Yeah, going to be pretty dangerous. Three people, so three of the extras end up dying. Drown in the water, dead. One of them has his legs so screwed up that he has to have it amputated. And then on top of that, dozens and dozens of other extras have to be rushed to the hospital with broken bones. Some of them end up with pneumonia. Yeah, not good. Well, one of those extras was a fellow by the name of Marion Morrison. Now, you would know Marion Morrison better by his stage name, John Wayne. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, John Wayne's, uh, you know, welcome to the industry moment. Holy shit. <laughs> All right, so that'll do it for today. Uh, thank you for watching. Hope you enjoyed. Till next time. <laughs>